Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Taglier, and we're on Twitter at Bobby Fantasy Pro and at Mike Taglier NFL. Tags, how's it going, man? Oh, it's it's good, man. We're it's fantasy playoff time. It is it is time to like literally separate the men from boys, the the women from the girls, all those fun things, and to beat all your coworkers, right? Like that's what we're here for. That's absolutely right. I'm also here for pizza. Like uh, I had a Lou Malnati's pizza. You know, I live pretty far from Chicago tags, like three and a half hours. So it is a treat when I get to go up there, had one of these bad boys sent to me and it was delicious. Oh, dude, you, you want to know what's awesome is that we had, um, we had mentioned on the podcast about Lou Malnati's and, and how we enjoy the pizza. Well, they actually brought one out to me, man. Not just enjoy, like my favorite. No, I, I know. Like they, they literally brought one out to me, like to my house. Like uh, someone from their marketing department just said they wanted to say thank you. Oh, that's so cool. And just so you know, some might be showing up on your doorstep. So that, that that's an awesome company. They're very family oriented. Um, they brought out, like I said, me and my family pizza. So like I, I can't say enough good things about Lou Malinati's. Just know that if you eat there, you're supporting a, a great company. Yeah, that was pretty awesome that they did that for us. And I'll tell you what. The pizza, like it came in a box and everything, and it was technically frozen, but like it tasted because of the way they did it, like 98% as good as the pizza in the store. I was pretty impressed. Tags, we have a lot of news to talk about here, man, okay? So first of all, the big one is that Emmanuel Sanders probably tore his Achilles tendon. I guess this could come out and we'll find out that it's not anything like that, but this is likely a season ender for him. Yeah, it's obviously not a good thing for him. Uh, we don't know if it's hard to say that if this is a good thing for Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton does play a different position altogether than Emmanuel Sanders, but it should free up some of the targets in this offense. But if anything, I mean, the way the schedule sets up, they're they're probably going to run the ball an awful lot. So there's there's going to be people out there recommending you pick up Tim Patrick or uh, Deshaun Hamilton. I'm not one of those people. I just happen to think Sutton will get a little bump. Uh, you might see Matt Lacoste see a few extra targets, but I think they're just going to run the ball down uh, their opponent's throat why not you get 15 18 carries for Lindsay, 10 12 for royce freeman you're golden absolutely and the way the schedule lines up it's just it, it, it works out perfectly they can run the ball yep all right a couple other news items doug martin has knee issues going on right now i don't know if he plays in week 14 if he doesn't does that mean we start jalen richard deandre washington cj anderson who was just signed nobody what do we do here yeah cj anderson being signed is like that's obviously the, the big one because uh deandre washington the, the Raiders clearly don't believe in him. You know, bringing in Marshawn Lynch, bringing in Doug Martin, two has-beens to kind of play over him when he was young, had fresh legs. They don't believe in him. Jalen Richard is just a passing down back. He can mix in on first and second down. I don't know if C.J. Anderson can get done anything done behind this offensive line. But then again, Denver's offensive line last year, they didn't really do much either. So it's really tough to say. It's probably a situation that I'm going to recommend people avoid. I think Jalen Richard would be the play just because it's a game against Pittsburgh and it's not like they're going to be remain in that game for very long. Yeah. Okay, Tags. Four other things I want to touch on. We don't really even need any analysis because we'll get to that with the rankings. Lamar Jackson is going to start again versus the Chiefs. Mitch Trubisky is going to play. He's healthy again going up against the Rams. We've got Gus Edwards. Looks like he'll be fine. No Kenneth Dixon this week. I like Edwards, but that's kind of a bummer. I wanted to see Dixon unleashed. And then A.J. Green, if you guys missed it, was put on the IR. So, Tags, let's get into it. Um, Actually, you know what? Before we do, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show, pristineauction.com. They've got hundreds of items that they're auctioning off every day, and there are some really affordable prices. Like, you are not going to believe some of this. I don't know if people were sleeping at the wheel yesterday. I saw a signed Golden Tate Notre Dame Fighting Irish logo football that went for 
$68 yesterday. A signed Josh Gordon Patriots jersey went for $84. And a signed Tyree Kill Chiefs jersey for just $61. I'm usually looking at this site every day just in case something like that happens and I can get a deal. I didn't do it yesterday. I blew it, Dags. <laughs> It sounds like a Bobby thing to do. Yeah, it definitely was a Bobby thing to do. I fell asleep last night and forgot to do waivers, too. <laughs> totally oh, no. missed out on Jalen Samuels in the playoffs in one of my leagues. What an idiot. Oh, Bobby. Don't, don't be like me. That was stupid. <laughs> it was in the listeners' league, so you know what? Our guys that are listening in are probably happy that I let them have Jalen Samuels. Anyway, Tags, Pristine Auction. Everything is guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. And you can find their stuff at pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T. I-N-E auction.com. And when you buy something from them, make sure to let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. All right, Tags, let's get into the rankings here, man. We've got running backs, and uh, we're going to be talking about players who are kind of on the fringe if you're new to the show of startable and not. So you've got eight team leagues where people are wondering, hey, what do I do about Gus Edwards, Spencer Ware? So we'll talk about those guys here in just a second. Um, we'll also get to guys for 10, 12, 14 team leagues and maybe even go deeper than that. So Tags, let's start with Gus Edwards and Spencer Ware. Where do you have them ranked this week? ECR, which is expert consensus rankings, has them at RB16 and RB17 ahead of guys like Cohen, Austin Eckler, Adrian Peterson. So I have Gus Edwards at 18 and I have Spencer Ware at 20. So obviously Edwards is the one I would prefer to play. I say that just because I... The, the style offense they're running, they have to give him carries, right? Now, if the second half comes and Kansas City's out to a two-touchdown lead, which is entirely possible, it's a problem, right? And that's why I have him down at 18 instead of up in like the high-end RB2 conversation because Gus Edwards isn't involved in the passing game at all. You're seeing Ty Montgomery involved there. He's going to catch probably five balls in this game because that's what Kansas City does. It kind of reminds me of Doug Martin last week. We wanted to play Doug Martin as like a high-end RB3 last week because Kansas City just allows fantasy points to running backs all day long. So to know that they're walking in there they're going to run the ball 35 plus times with Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards I feel like there's fantasy points to be had uh, whereas Spencer Ware he's a tough one man like if you told me that you wanted to start someone like Tevin Coleman over him I would probably say that I don't think you're crazy oh yikes really Tevin Coleman's getting like eight carries a game over the last month I know it hasn't looked pretty I'm not going to say it has but I think going into the matchup with the Packers They've allowed at least 95 rushing yards in nine of 12 games this year. I just feel like that there's... Give me the Chiefs offense. I'm taking Spencer Ware. I get it. I really do. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's like a clear-cut decision. But if someone's like looking at Spencer Ware, knowing that they re-signed Charkandrick West, knowing that Spencer Ware didn't look very good last week, they're playing a Baltimore defense that has allowed, I think, two top 15 running backs all season. And both of those guys caught receiving touchdowns. So Spencer Ware, to me, is just like a... a a very weak RB2, maybe even an RB3 this week. Wow. Okay, I've got him right there with ECR at RB16. Again, they've got him at 17. So I've got him ahead of guys like Edwards, James White, Tariq Cohen, Adrian Peterson. I don't think he's an awful start. I think he probably gets about 14 carries again, and I know it's against Baltimore instead of Oakland, but anytime I can get a piece of this Chiefs offense, I mean, we look if he gets 10 carries in this Chiefs offense, I still think he's startable because he's got a good chance at a touchdown, just like last week. That's the part where I don't know, though, because like the Ravens have, have been dominant against the run. I mean, they've only allowed five rushing touchdowns all season. I, I just feel like this game is going to be a little bit lower scoring than people have been accustomed to. You have a... Uh... Sure. I mean, but the Chiefs are still predicted by Vegas. Their implied total is 30 points. 
points. I know it's nuts. And I would I would pound the under in that. I'm just saying that I believe the Baltimore defense, you know, this is a team that's fighting to get into the playoffs. Obviously the Chiefs are going to be in the playoffs. So there's there's some there's some warning signs here for sure. And you know, like people have asked me, do I sit Patrick Mahomes this week? And I'm like, no, you don't no, I'm not gonna be the person to tell you to do that. No, I'm never gonna do that. But this is definitely a week where I would avoid him in DFS because I I just don't think the offense moves as well this week. Yeah, no doubt about it. I definitely agree with that. I do think if, you know, the two immovable forces meet, I think that the Chiefs are the stronger immovable force. I agree with Vegas. I think they're probably going to get three, four touchdowns once again, and Ware might get one of those. So I don't mind starting him. Now, Gus Edwards, does it concern you that he's banged up? I mean, obviously he's playing, but he's probably not going to be 100%. Yeah, I mean, it concerns me enough to move him down a little bit in my rankings, but like like talking about the players you'd rather start over him, I mean, I don't think you could start LaShawn McCoy or LeGarrette Blunt over him, even though I think they're solid plays. I just feel like Kansas City... Blunt's close. Yeah, that's they're close for sure. They're in that same tier of running backs, I would say. But as for Gus Edwards, a couple of running backs who are in that area that I would probably start over him, like Austin Eckler, I'd probably start over Gus Edwards. Really? You're not worried about Justin Jackson? I'm not worried about him per se. I mean, obviously, he's going to get a chunk of the carries. That's going to happen. But Eckler's not going to go away. And Cincinnati, you know, running backs against them, I want to say they average 27 carries per game. So even if, you know, we get 14 for Justin Jackson, there's still 13 left. Um, on an average basis. So I think Eckler's a, a solid play, and I, I, he can't be game scripted out, uh, whereas Gus Edwards can. I mean, Adrian Peterson, I think I'd probably play him over Gus Edwards too. I love Adrian Peterson this week against the Giants. I'm tempted to put him up around RB15 uh, because the Giants have just been so awful against the run. Peterson really was not very good, though, last week. I know he ripped off that long run, but he had nine carries. And besides that long run, what do you have, 10 yards? Yeah, well, he didn't have anything. Like, the offense just didn't move very well. I mean, granted, it was against Philadelphia, and the Giants are a totally different story, but you watch the game tape on Peterson. He's been slowing down big time. I mean, I guess it's since week eight, but the last time they played against the Giants uh, without Damon Harrison, that was the first week I think they were without him. 156 yards and two touchdowns. So <laughs> Holy cow. They're not going to put the, the, their season on the back of, of Mark Sanchez. They're going to run the ball this week. I think they had to learn their lesson. And it's not like the Giants are going to run away with the game on the road. So um, I just feel like him as a home a home team that is still trying. They still have a good shot at the playoffs, honestly, if Dallas falters a little bit uh, and the Eagles. So, yeah, I, I have Peterson actually has my RB15 this week. Wow. OK, so you've got him over guys like James White. I do. Yeah, James White. I don't think that they're going to need to use him in the passing game as much this week. Okay, Tags, I got a couple tougher calls. I'm going to give you three names. You tell me who you like the most out of them, and then you can give your overall analysis on all three. We'll start with Jeff Wilson against Denver, this great running defense. Jeff Wilson is like a replacement-level player, but he had a big week last week. Then we got Jalen Samuels against Oakland. Uh, People are saying it might be a running back by committee. I'm not so convinced. He's probably your tight end anyway. I mean, we probably should have saved that. Uh, And then Marlon Mack against Houston. So of those three, I would definitely choose to play Jalen Samuels. Me too. Yeah. So I I know that Mike Tomlin has come out and said it's their intention to use a running back by committee, but let's be real. That's never been the Steelers way. I mean, even going back to the playoffs a couple of years ago, I, I remember uh, Fitzgerald Toysant uh, was a guy that you could play in DFS because you knew he was going to get the touches. And it, it's continued to be that way between Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, D'Angelo Williams. And when you look at the, the, the skill set of the guy, like of Jalen Samuels and Steven Ridley, I mean, Ridley's been in the year. He's like a nine year veteran now. And throughout his entire career, he's caught 30 balls for 162 scoreless yards. 162 yards, no touchdowns, okay? Jalen Samuels has been in the NFL for 12 games. 
he has 54 yards and two touchdowns through the air. I mean, there's a reason he has some tight end eligibility. He can catch the ball. Yeah, he was considered a hybrid. Now, granted, he was drafted as a running back, and if some people don't know what we're talking about, if you play in Yahoo leagues, he has RB and tight end eligibility. I want to say that's the only site that has it, and Yahoo has released a statement saying that he is not going to lose that because it would be unfair to those that have held on to him or what. I have no problem with that at all. I know some people, it's rubbing them the wrong way. It's probably because you're playing Jalen Samuels. Probably, probably. I mean, every single site except for, I think, maybe ESPN doesn't have Samuels as a tight end. You look at Pro Football Reference, uh, you look at uh, Draft and the Best Ball Leagues, Samuels was tight end eligible there as well. So, I, I mean, I don't have any problem with this whatsoever. But yeah, Samuels is a great play. What do you think about Wilson and Mac? Wilson is interesting just because, like, uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball in Denver. Like, that's, that's, that's... Yeah, I don't like him. That's a lock. But when you figure out touches, like, there's... It's rare that you see an NFL team give less than 20 total touches to their running backs. Like, it's it's actually rare. Uh, so, if we're looking at this game from a logical standpoint, do you think Alfred Morris is going to steal 10 touches? I think Wilson gets 12 to 15 touches in this game. He's not sexy. That's not enough for me against Denver. Yeah, he's not going to win you your fantasy week. You're just you're the targets is what you're relying on because Denver has really struggled against uh, pass catching running backs the last couple weeks. So uh, Wilson should present a solid floor. I have him as the RB 28 right now. I'm not excited about him, but I'm also I also don't think he's like I would rather play him than someone like Marlon Mack, who I've got him RB 29. So that means you and I are pretty low on him because the expert consensus has him at 22. And I would also rather play him than Marlon Mack. I know Mack has big upside, but he's going up against Houston. They've been pretty good against the run. Last week, Marlon Mack had eight carries. He hasn't really done much over the past, you know, since their bye in week nine. He just had the two big games. It was against Buffalo and Oakland. So what'd we expect? Yeah, the past month hasn't been very good to him. Now, granted, he played some tough defenses. Jacksonville twice. Tennessee is mixed in there. Uh, he played against Miami, too. That wasn't a terrible game, 85 yards, but that was a really, really good matchup. Houston is not. I'll tell you, though, I'm going to need Marlon Mack this week because I'm going up against the fantasy footballers in our expert Dynasty League playoffs, and they've got a good team. So Mack needs to step it up. Yeah, it's going to be rough, man. There's only been four teams of running backs. Like, I'm not talking about individual running backs. Four entire teams of running backs have totaled more than 78 rushing yards against the Texans. Yikes. Wow. That is a really good stat. Yeah, it's not great for Mac. <laughs> All right. A couple other guys. Josh Adams. I do not like him as a start this week against Dallas. What do we do with LaShawn McCoy, two tags? LaShawn McCoy is interesting. Uh, he obviously played against this defense uh, back in week 10. He scored his only two rushing touchdowns of the season against them, uh, 118 total yards. But the concern is that with Josh Allen under center, does he get as much of those rushing yards? Uh, they are at home this week. The Jets' run defense has been struggling. Over the last eight games, they've allowed uh, 4.92 yards per carry. They've allowed seven rushing touchdowns in their last six games. The issue, another issue though, is that the Bills' offensive line, we know it's not good. Uh, they just lost their center, Russell Bodine, for the year. Um, so it just, it's, it's even more worrisome. I mean, McCoy is going to get 15 plus touches in this game. So I have him as the RB23. I don't think he comes with the upside he had, you know, back in week 10. But if you want to, like I said, if you want to tell me you're going to start him over someone like Spencer Ware, I don't think that I would argue with you. All right, Dags, what about Kenyon Drake against uh, the Patriots? He's been getting used a lot more in the passing game over the last few months. Jordan Howard against the Rams. And then Deion Lewis, who has just been, oh, he's been horrible. He goes against the Jaguars this week. I'm pretty sure that Derrick Henry might even be a better play than Deion Lewis at this point. Oh, man, that is such a mean thing to say. <laughs> you should be benching them both, to be honest. Like, neither of them are very playable this week against Jacksonville. It's not a good matchup. But Jordan Howard, man, he I don't like him. The reason 
that this matchup kind of suits him better than it does Tariq Cohen is because the Rams have been beat. If you pound the ball against them, they do allow it's over 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, they haven't allowed much receiving to running backs like at all. Uh, I was looking at this matchup and it just doesn't seem to to bode well for Tariq Cohen, who's coming off two massive games uh, catching the ball. But Mitch Trubisky doesn't check down to the running backs nearly as much as Chase Daniel did. So I have Tariq Cohen down at 25. I don't think that he's like you're probably going to play him, but I don't think he's a must play. But you've got Cohen at 25, huh? ECR has him at 19. That's where I've got him, too. I know. I, I it's it's sad, but I think I I would play LeGarrette Blunt over him this week. I think they're playing catch up. I know you're a Bears fan, but these Rams are really good. Even in Chicago, I think the Rams are up a touchdown or more most of the game. And I think Cohen gets a lot of work in the passing game. You want a crazy stat, though? This is the reason that I think this game might be lower scoring and it might be. So Jared Goff, he's played one game in sub 40 degree temps. And in Chicago on uh, on Sunday night, it's supposed to be like 29 degrees. Interesting. Um, so against the Broncos in week six was the only time that he did. He completed just 14 of 28 passes for 201 yards and no touchdowns. And the Broncos have been a pretty soft pass defense all year. But I'm not. that's one game. I'm not going to say that that's like the big thing. But here's my thing on the Bears. Pass rush. We know the Bears bring it, right? Khalil Max healthy. Jared Goff ranks as the number 23 quarterback in the NFL when he's under pressure. He, he has just a 65.9 quarterback rating and a 124.7 quarterback rating when he's kept clean. If the Rams can protect him, he'll be fine. But not many quarterbacks have had much time to sit back against the Bears. So this is going to be interesting. Todd Gurley's going to have his struggles against the Bears, too. Yeah, Gurley, it's like you're never going to sit Gurley. But I, I have more concerns about Jared Goff with no Cooper Cup because the offense, I mean, they looked really flat against uh, Detroit last week, like really flat. That's interesting, man. Yeah, so I, it, it's there's a lot to that game. But yeah, Tariq Cohen, I don't think you can bench him. And I have him ahead of Jordan Howard. But the matchup, the numbers and everything, it kind of says that Howard might actually turn out to be the better play, which I, it, it just feels gross saying. Yeah, that does feel gross. I really hope that no one listening has to start Jordan Howard this week. Tags, if you're in a deep league... I mean, obviously, if you get can get Justin Jackson, Jalen Samuel still on the waiver wire, uh, Jeff Wilson, all three of them are are quality plays this week. But let's say you're you're really deep, okay, and you've got to decide between Jalen Richard against the Steelers, Chris Thompson, who's back, going up against the Giants, and Theo Riddick still sitting out there going up against Arizona. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna go Jalen Richard just because of this news with Doug Martin. Because even if Doug Martin plays, he's probably not 100. percent And if he doesn't play, obviously Jalen Richard is their. I think he walks up to number one back. I don't think they just immediately install C.J. Anderson as a guy who's going to get 18 touches. So Jalen Richard would be the one I would go with. Yeah, even if Martin does play, I mean Richard had six carries. He's got 18 carries in the last three weeks. That's not bad for someone who's also the team's leading receiver. So uh, Richard, even in the bad matchup against Pittsburgh, that's why I would take as well. If you need to hit a home run, say you're playing a team that is projected to beat you by 15, 20 points, I'd go Chris Thompson. He's got a, a decent chance at a big old game against the Giants. He's not getting many carries, and that's the worrisome part. But as I mentioned, I think Washington is going to run the ball a lot. So it is a great matchup against New York. Uh, they've been terrible without Damon Harrison, and they're going to be without their starting strong safety, Landon Collins, this week. So That's a big deal, too. It is. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing is, like, Collins was getting beat in coverage anyway. Like, Tariq Cohen, like, destroyed him. So Thompson was going to be appealing somewhat anyway in the passing game. I just don't know how much they let Sanchez pass. And it seems like they're stuck on keeping Chris Thompson below eight carries per game. So I have him as like a low end RB3, but it wouldn't shock me if he finished with a, a better week than someone like Theo Riddick. So tags last week on FanDuel, 
I had an awesome week. I played in the GPP contest. I, I always throw out at least a couple in GPP contests just because it makes it so fun to have, you know, potentially a hundred grand on the line or a satellite to uh, New York City like I talked about uh, last week. But I did really well. I didn't win any kind of big prizes or anything. But if Jordan Howard would have scored well, I very well could have. I was that close. I'll tell you what, man, when you play DFS, and we're going to talk about it tomorrow, uh, when you play DFS, it just makes the games so much more exciting. Honestly, even more exciting than season-long leagues. And right now, FanDuel has a contest going on called the Sunday Million. It's $9.99 to enter. They're giving away $1.5 million in this contest. And the top prize here is $300,000. Get an entry in. Get five entries in. Whatever you want to do, uh, it's going to be worth your time. And if you don't want to play that contest, they've got contests for all kinds of other people as well. I mean, you can play in these big dog contests where you're spending $55, $200 for your entry with big time prizes, better chances of winning. Or you can go down and you can spend 25 cents. You can play for free. Check out FanDuel.com. Check out their app as well, which is sleek and easy to use. All right, Tags, let's move on over to the wide receiver position. And we'll start here with uh, more shallow leagues and players we've been getting a lot of questions on. Jarvis Landry has really been struggling. He looked a lot better this week. He goes up against Carolina. Then we've also got Corey Davis against the Jags. If you have to decide between these two guys, you're going with Landry, right? Yeah, it's Landry. Um, He's got the best matchup on the field, I think. Uh, James Bradbury and Dante Jackson are what I consider like slightly above average cornerbacks. Like I don't think they're great, but I think they're good enough to slow down Antonio Callaway and Rashard Higgins. So uh, you're going to have Captain Munnerlin matched up with Jarvis Landry. Over the last five weeks, he's allowed 17 of 23 passing for 199 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean... Landry is someone that has disappointed for sure. I don't think that you could ever, I don't think you're relying on him to get you hundred yards and a touchdown or anything like that, but I do think he presents a solid floor in this matchup enough for me to start him over Corey Davis, who is going to see the Jalen Ramsey treatment. And that's just a bad time for everyone. Yeah, I'm starting Landry as well. He showed some serious life last week and uh, this is a good matchup pass funnel defense. I think it's a negative game script for the Browns, which is going to work out well for Landry seeing a lot of targets again. Corey Davis, I, I don't want any part of him. ECR has him at 26. That's crazy. I've got him at 35, man. Um, with that said, you have to start him if you have to start him, but hopefully you've got three better options. Here's a question for you, Bobby. Who would you rather start, Corey Davis or Doug Baldwin? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, depends on Xavier Rhodes' health, right? <laughs> I, I mean, Xavier Rhodes won't be covering Doug Baldwin, though. Oh, okay. With where he's at on the field. So it'll be Mackenzie Alexander. Why? Uh, so Doug Baldwin plays in the slot about 60, 70% of the snaps, and uh, Rhodes doesn't travel into the slot. So he's... I, th- I thought he did earlier in the season. Does does he not anymore? No, I happen to think that uh, David Moore is actually going to see more of Xavier Rhodes because he's more of the, the physical uh, cornerback. Moore is the bigger receiver. You have Tyler Lockett, who would match up well with the speedy Trey Waynes if he clears the concussion protocol. Uh, but Mackenzie Alexander has been really good in the slot. I, I don't think that Doug Baldwin's a great start this week. I have him as like a low, low, low end wide receiver three, maybe even high end wide receiver four, where I don't think you have to play him. I mean... I think I'd rather take my shot on Corey Davis to score a touchdown uh, on the targets he gets, but I don't feel great about it. I have Corey Davis one spot higher. That's it. I think a lot of people think of Doug Baldwin as like, well, he's not playing this well, but he's a safe play. Are you sure about that? Look at his game log. He's got three, eight, four, eleven, four, and eight fantasy points since he came back from his bye. His best game of the season was that 11-pointer. 
He's not doing anything. I don't want to play him against the Vikings. That's kind of how I feel. And like Corey Davis, I mean, I don't want to play Corey Davis if I don't have to either, but... At least you've got a chance at 20 fantasy points. I don't know if you do against Jalen Ramsey. So uh, of the of the wide receivers that he's, he's shadowed in his coverage, there have been just two who have scored more than 14 PPR points, and they were Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham, who both saw 13-plus targets. So uh, you'd have to go back to week four to find the last time Davis even topped 10 targets. And Corey Davis is not Odell Beckham. No, he's, he's, he's really good, but he's not Odell Beckham. Not yet, at least. Well, well yeah, he's never going to be Odell Beckham, let's be honest. Okay, here, I'm going to give you three names, and you pick the one you like and one that you absolutely hate. Adam Humphreys against the Saints. Alshon struggled last week. He gets the Cowboys this week. And then Calvin Ridley, he's been up and down all season going up against the Packers. I actually like Ridley a lot, but I'm, I'm going to say Adam Humphreys here. Uh, I have Humphreys as my number 23 receiver this week. I just think it's impossible not to play him. It sounds like Deshaun Jackson's going to he, – he's it's potential that he's out for the rest of the season, that the Bucks just keep him out. He's had He had a soft cast on his uh, hand-wrist last week, and they just don't anticipate him playing again. And there's really no need to. They don't need him to play. Uh, but Adam Humphreys has been awesome. He probably has the best matchup in the slot against the Saints. P.J. Williams has allowed a 127.6 QB rating in his coverage. This year, that's that's obviously great, and uh, yeah, I just think the game script is going to favor uh, the passing game here. Obviously, they they're not going to be able to run the ball against New Orleans, so I like Adam Humphreys, and I'm just going to say this now so that we can just get past it. Chris Godwin is a start in every single format. Oh yeah, and DFS too. Yeah, he's uh, he's my number 21 receiver right now. I love that. I'm all with you on that one. Adam Humphreys, man, I'll tell you what. He is as safe as you're going to find for a wide receiver three, 50-plus yards every game. Seems like he scores a touchdown every game. James Winston's going to get almost 400 passing yards. And so you know Adam Humphreys is going to get 50-plus again. <laughs> I won't say 400 passing yards against the Saints. The Saints have gotten a lot better, but I do think that uh, we could be looking even at— Who's going to throw the ball 50 times? Well, the thing is, I think I, I could see it being like 280 to 320. And even if that, I'm, I'm comfortable with it because— Cameron Brait will get to the tight ends. He's not going to do anything. So it's going to be very concentrated on the wide receivers this week. So yeah, I think they're all they're all goes this week. I think you could start Mike Evans. Uh, I would I would reel back expectations. Uh, by the way, Mike Evans has fewer fantasy points than Adam Humphreys since week six. Yeah, in PPR formats. So does Michael Thomas. Nuts. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Okay, so we know Cortland Sutton is a start. He's sitting there at ECR right now at 31. I'm expecting that to move up around 23, 24 by this time tomorrow. Um, so start Cortland Sutton with Emmanuel Sanders out. Now let me ask you three trickier ones here, Tags. Golden Tate against the Cowboys. Traquan Smith against those Bucks, And then Josh Reynolds against Chicago. Oh, this one's easy for me. It's Golden Tate. Hands down. It's it's not even that close because, like, Reynolds, you don't want to play if you don't have to. Traquan, come on. Like, two of the last three games, he's had zeros. I don't want to play Traquan. He's like <laughs> he's like a last-ditch option. He had one target. I mean, if you told me, yeah, he had that great game. And even with that, in the last three weeks, he's got 14 targets, guys. You can't play someone that has a zero-point floor in the fantasy playoffs. I'm sorry. Like, unless you're, like, in dire situations, like, you're looking at it and you have so many injuries and you're like, I don't know who to start, Kenny Stills or, or Traquan Smith. Yeah, I'd go Traquan in that situation, but... I mean, if you're looking for upside, as much upside as Traquan Smith, Mike Williams has two 19- and 24-point games this year, and he's got a better floor, too. Yeah, Mike Yeah, Mike Williams, it, it's similar, actually. And he's, he's not even a great play. Those two are right next to each other in my rankings, actually, so I think they're, they're right there. But uh, Golden Tate, is um, this is going to be the third time he's playing the Cowboys this year. He played him with the Lions earlier <laughs> in the wild. year. Yep, his first game with the Eagles, he did. The Eagles, he only totaled two catches for 19 yards in the first game, but he played very, very limited snaps. He has 
I mean, even last week, he only played 36 of 75 snaps, but he's getting targets, okay? Ever since he joined the team, he's seeing a target every 4.8 snaps on the field. In that same time, Alshon Jeffrey is one every 11 and a half snaps. So Golden Tate's clearly the guy when he's on the field. Anthony Brown is the biggest liability in coverage for the Cowboys. That's who Tate's going to match up with. So I actually think that Golden Tate is a better play than Alshon Jeffrey this week. Yeah, that one's pretty close for me. I've got them ranked uh, one spot away from each other right now at 30 and 31. So uh, I've got Alshon higher, but I could definitely see that. Now, Tags, I've got two plays that are on the fringe, that like their ECR number 39 and 41. I think that they are must starts this week. Why don't you tell me a couple guys that most people wouldn't probably immediately think of as a must start, but you like them a lot. Uh, I don't. Yeah, these these guys, I wouldn't say any of them are must starts, but I think that they're definitely viable options. And one of them is Zay Jones against the Jets. That's one of mine. Yep. Uh, he lit them up actually a couple weeks ago uh for eight he's the only receiver the bills have too he's getting a lot of targets he should i mean that's the thing it's just like you you look at the jets weakness and it's like it's clearly the slot and some people are like well wouldn't they fix that because they already allowed you know a lot of production to him the last time they played well no because like they would have fixed the slot problem a long time ago they just have if they could yeah entire year they've just been dominated by slot receivers so zay jones he's not it's not safe by any means, but I do think that he presents the upside you're looking for. And one that's completely off the radar, Bobby, he was outside the top 50 uh, when I went to do my initial rankings. Marquise Goodwin against Denver. Really? Okay, you got to explain this one to me. So the last time that he was on the field with Nick Mullins, he caught four balls for 69 yards on five targets. And the Broncos, just they're not a tough matchup anymore. Bradley Roby and Isaac uh, Yadam, those two in coverage, they have allowed seven touchdowns on 89 targets in coverage. They allow 15.5 yards per reception. That's like massive, and that that suits someone like Goodwin who could beat somebody in a track meet. Uh, on the on the year, the Broncos have allowed 49 pass plays of 20 plus yards. That's the third most in the league. I'm not saying that Goodwin's a sure thing, but what I am saying is that this matchup, they're not going to be able to run the ball. They're going to have to go through the air. And with Dante Pettis out there, uh, I think he clears some things underneath with with George Kittle, knowing that Chris Harris Jr. is out for the, the Broncos. I just think that there's a lot of moving parts here, and I think it's very possible that there's some safety miscommunication and it leads to a long Marquise Goodwin touchdown. Tags, I am definitely starting Curtis Samuel this week. I don't care what anyone says, including you. I'm playing him against the Cleveland Browns. This guy is on fire. He had 11 targets last week. Yeah, he's someone that I am. Uh, I have right by Goodwin. I think they're similar starts for me this week. So, I mean, if you're looking for upside, you'll get it with Samuel. I don't think that he's like a lock where you like have to play him just because we don't know what it means when Devin Funches comes back full time because they had Funches on a snap count last week. They should keep it that way. They should keep it to where Devin Funches is limited to like red zone work, but I don't know if they do. So I I do feel like this this is a matchup where Samuel can go off, but I'm a little bit worried about Funches snap count, and I'm also worried about Cam Newton's shoulder, which he he was just throwing ducks, man. Like towards the end of that game. But doesn't that work to Samuel's favor because he's going to get those short passes? Yeah, well that's the thing. I was looking at that too. So. His average depth of target is 11.6 yards, so it's not really short. It's not like running back territory. It's more like you're. He, it's not a possession-style receiver. Those guys are usually around 12, 13 yards, and then you have the field stretchers that are like 15 and above. So he's kind of like in that that weird territory um, where I don't think it affects him too much. Christian McCaffrey leads the NFL in targets, I'm pretty sure, so he's going to get a ton of them. Oh, for sure. But with Greg Olson out, um, with DJ Moore you know, on the field, obviously, it's just an offense kind of like the Bears where it's difficult to, to pick which one's going to go off every single week. But Samuel, I mean, he's coming off a, a career high 11 targets last week, so he's de- he definitely has appeal. It's just 
I don't know if his matchup is as great as Marquise Goodwin's, though. Tags, I'm going to give you four receivers. You tell me which one has the most fantasy points over the last five weeks. Okay. Odell Beckham, Adam Thielen, Mike Evans, Curtis Samuel. <laughs> I know what you're doing here. It's Curtis Samuel, baby. It is Curtis Samuel, but I was going to say Beckham's probably close. But Adam Thielen has, I think it's in um, two of his last four games, he's finished with less than 30 yards. Yeah, Beckham and, uh, and Thielen are back-to-back at number 17 and 18. Mike Evans is down there at 25. Curtis Samuel is ahead of them all, dude. Crazy stuff. He's a good football player. Okay, let's go really deep here. Okay, let's say Zay Jones is picked up already. Obviously, he would be the best play uh, out of people who are widely available. But you got to decide right now, Tags, between Michael Gallup against the Eagles, Mohamed Sanu against the Packers, and Devontae Parker against the Patriots. Which way are you going, or is there someone even deeper that you like? Oh, I'm going Sanu of those options. Um, Sanu's he's my he's my number 34 receiver this week against Green Bay. Holy cow! Are you serious? Yeah, provided the weather isn't like crazy in Green Bay, I happen to think that that game has more shootout potential than people think. Like Atlanta allows tons of points, and Green Bay's defense isn't all that. They do bring a pass rush, but um, Sanu plays the slot. That's where Tremont Williams has been covering as of late, and Tremont Williams is like 90. <laughs> in, in reality, he's like th- he's like 36. Um, he's a veteran, but he's been getting burned in the slot. It's a completely different position that he struggled with. Sanu it would be my choice of those guys. And if you're looking for someone that was probably dropped in a lot of leagues, I think Kiki QT is someone that great call makes sense if, if he's practicing in full. Like if he's limited all week, I'm worried about the hamstring still. But if he's he's back to a full practice, I happen to think that I, this is a game that I am legitimately going to attack my butt off in DFS. Like Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck. Very close to my top two quarterback plays of the week. I like it. I'm looking right now, by the way, Tags, you are the single highest expert on Mohamed Sanu. That's crazy. Well, uh, here's here here's to you, Mohamed Sanu. I'm, I'm toasting <laughs> you. Hopefully you, you come through. All right, quarterback. And, uh, you know, we've got three or four guys that you got to play, and Patrick Mahomes is one of them. But let's say you've got Mahomes and Jameis Winston. Winston's going up against the Saints. Mahomes is going up against the Ravens. Who do you play? I don't think that Winston is like a phenomenal start this week. I mean, I think he's okay. He's always a phenomenal start. Are you serious? The Saints, dude, the Saints are like, they're a team that's changing. Uh, Their opponents are averaging under 60 plays per game. Uh, They've held the opposing quarterback to less than 250 yards and one or less touchdowns in three of the last four games that included Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott. But the thing is, is like, we understand the Saints run defense is legit. Like they are the best in the NFL right now. I think that, well, the Bucks aren't running the ball anyway, so that doesn't matter. And that's what I'm saying. So you like the way they're going to move the ball is through the air and you kind of have to pick your matchup. So I do think that he's a fine quarterback one play. I just don't think it's a necessity. I just think that the Saints control the ball, whatever way they want, whether it's a short passing game or the run game. I just don't know how many plays per like plays the Bucks get off. So that's why I think the Saints defenses look better because their offense has just been keeping teams off the field. He's played five games this year, five complete games, mm-hmm. 31, 20, 25, 23, 23. Now, obviously, that's not Mahomes, but he's not going up against the Ravens. He's going up against the Saints. Oh, would it shock me if he finished with more fantasy points than Mahomes? No. But you're playing Mahomes. I would play Mahomes 100%. I actually have Jameis down at number 10. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, Patrick Mahomes then, or Big Ben against the Raiders. I'm going to say Mahomes versus every quarterback you bring up because I am not going to sit. You're taking him number one quarterback over Drew Brees. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. So my concern with Brees, it's a, it's a realistic concern. The last two times that he's gone into Tampa, he's thrown for 245 yards, one touchdown, 257, no touchdowns. And the reason is because Tampa 
you can crush them against the run. Like, legit, that team has been terrible, terrible against the run. And Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram haven't gotten it going the last couple weeks. I think the Saints, I think they understand what's at stake here and that they need to get back on the, you know, the winning bandwagon or whatever you want to call it. But, yeah, the Bucks over... Um, the last three weeks, they've allowed over 100 yards rushing to every single team, at least 5.3 yards per carry to every team. The concern with Breeze is that there's like 28 pass attempts. He throws for 250 and a touchdown. That's a legit concern with Drew Breeze this week. I don't think that... That's fair. Yeah, I mean, he's number one ECR, but I understand your point. I'm going to keep trying, though. I know you said no one over Patrick Mahomes. What about this one? Mark Sanchez or Pat Mahomes? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, so Aaron Rodgers has been struggling. Where do you have him in your rankings, though? He goes up against Atlanta. ECR has him six. I've got him number five. I have him number five as well. He's starting. So let's go to a couple more difficult ones. Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, Jared Goff. Okay, so Goff is definitely the last one. I have Goff at 12. Uh, Deshaun Watson's my number three quarterback this week. Whoa, okay. I am not even contemplating sitting him. So the Colts, people are going to look at the Colts, and they're going to be like, well, they haven't been that bad against quarterbacks, but check this out. The, here's a list. So remember the last time they played, like Deshaun Watson went off. I think he had the best game of the season. He threw for 375 yards. He had 41 rushing yards and three total touchdowns. That was his best game of the year. Okay. Since that time, people are like, well, the Colts have gotten better. No. <laughs> I'm looking at their schedule. I know exactly what you're going to say. They have played against Sam Darnold, Derek Anderson, Derek Carr, Blake Bortles, Blaine Gabbert and Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, and Cody Kessler since then. Keep in mind, wow, they have allowed two or more passing touchdowns in four of those games. No way. Yuck. Dude, another stat. They're going to get destroyed in the playoffs if they make it. They allow a 71.9% completion rate. Just to tell you how bad that is, the re- here's a reminder. The all-time completion percentage record for quarterback is 72%. They allow 71.9%. Deshaun Watson, dude. <laughs> I I am struggling not to put him in the QB1 slot this week. Wow. So, okay. So, he throws 25 passes. He completes 23 of them for eight touchdowns. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, I'm sliding him up my rankings. Every once in a while, you talk me into one of these, and uh, it better not bite me in the butt. No, I I hope it doesn't, but that's what I'm saying. Like, Watson's looked pretty good. Um, Like, he hasn't thrown much volume, but Andrew Luck's going to score some points in Houston, too. So, I like Andrew Luck, okay? We've got him ECR number nine. I've got him up at number seven. He's nine ECR? Yeah, can you believe that? Way too low. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I've got him at number seven, so I guess that's not... But he does it every single week except last week against the Jags, of course. But he wasn't bad. He still completed 33 balls for 248. But it's the Jags. We're talking about Houston. Big difference there. I'm starting Andrew Luck. The last two weeks, the Houston Texans have allowed 700 passing yards to Baker Mayfield and Marcus Mariota. Did not realize that. Yeah, I mean, Baker was picked a couple times, sure, but... 51 of 66 passing, which is 77% for 700 yards. So who are you starting Luck over? Are you playing him over Phillip Rivers, Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers? I have Luck at six. Uh, I would debate. I'm debating putting him up at five over Rodgers. Um, but no, Rivers is number four. Uh, I have Cam Newton at seven, uh, Roethlisberger at eight. Oh, Newton at seven because of the shoulder. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why you have him that low, but it, it, that does make sense to me. Okay, so I, I'm with you. I, I like Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm down on Jared Goff. I've got him outside my top 12. Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, I'm definitely playing them over Jared Goff. Do you agree? Yeah, I have Matt Ryan at 9, Lamar Jackson at 11. Now, the other player that I've got ahead of him, and this might surprise some people, is Mitch Trubisky sitting there at ECR number 15, but I'm playing Mitch anytime he's healthy, especially if he's going up against a team like the Rams. 
Yeah, the Rams are a different team with Aqib Tlaib. I have Mitch at 13. I do think that he presents a solid floor. They're a team that does run a lot of man coverage. And as I've talked about in the show before, where it's a, it's like a, a thing where if you have a mobile quarterback and the defenders are in man coverage, what they're forced to do is they, they, they watch their receiver. They follow the receiver. Every now and then they'll glance back at the quarterback. But in zone coverage, the defenders always have their eyes on the quarterback and where he's going while keeping an eye on the receiver. So um, when you have a team that plays as much man coverage as the Rams do, you're going to get a lot of chances for Mitch Trubisky to take off running. And if he can outrun the linebacker, that's kind of like the spy on him. It's going, it, he's got an open field in front of him, essentially. So I think Mitch presents a high floor, but a keep to lead coming back is pretty massive for that defense. Uh, with him on the field, they've only allowed three passing touchdowns in four games. Uh, whereas, you know, without him, they were, they were legit terrible. Are you worried that he might not run because of the injury? That is a, an additional concern that I was going to say. Um, so, but I mean, like, are you do you I mean would you start someone like Dak Prescott or Tom Brady over Mitch? I I don't have him ranked that way. I'm not. No, no. I've got Mitch as a top 10 quarterback. Yeah, and that's fair. That's what I'm saying. It's just like there is that little concern, but I think the Bears held him out last week and like I think he could have played last week. And I think they held him out additionally just to make sure he was ready for this game. Agree. Okay, let's go three other names here. Russell Wilson against the Vikings, Tom Brady against the Dolphins, and then Dak against those Eagles. Dak Really? Over Tom Brady against the against the Dolphins? I don't think Tom Brady throws the ball very much against them. I think they walk in there, they get a win. Brady last year, actually this exact week last year, Tom Brady walked into there. And I remember that game because you called it, Bobby. You said that New England was going to lose, and they walked into Miami and they lost. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> you did. It was like your bold. There must have been some reason. It was your bold prediction of the week. You said that you felt like the, the Dolphins were going to beat the Patriots, and they did. We need to go back to doing that. We used to do that at the end of every show. That was wild. That was wild. Uh, yeah, I would be more prepared. <laughs> um, obviously, but but yeah, no, I we're doing it today. You better get something together. Oh, great. Well, anyways, but yeah, Dak Prescott has been a different quarterback with um, Amari Cooper on the team. Like so, with Amari Cooper, he's averaged uh, almost actually eight yards per attempt. Without him, it was at six point eight eight. He's averaged a 73% completion rate with him, 62% without him. Everything has just kind of changed for this offense, and they've become a better team with Amari Cooper against Philadelphia, who's down two of their three starting cornerbacks. And I just feel like he's a better play. Philadelphia's run defense has been terrible lately, and I think that has to do with the secondary kind of been... And you're playing him over Russell Wilson, who just doesn't care. I mean, he'll throw nine passes for eight, for eight touchdowns. So I have Russell Wilson in a lot of fantasy leagues because he was a quarterback that was dropping to like the seventh round in a lot of things, and I was taking him there. So Russell Wilson, I do not like him at all in this matchup. Uh, Minnesota has been literally just like dominant against quarterbacks outside of that one game. The one game they had to travel across the country and play on a Thursday night against L.A. Rams. In that game, they allowed over 400 yards passing and five touchdowns. But outside of that game, outside of that, they have held six of the last seven quarterbacks to 240 yards or less. Including some Hall of Famers. Yep. The Vikings have allowed just 10 passing touchdowns on 356 pass attempts outside that game. That's 2.8%. That's ridiculous. Um, Russell Wilson's not throwing the ball very much. They do want to run the ball. They're playing at home. Uh, that's another grindy game where it's like two teams that are trying to make the playoffs. And I know Russell Wilson's been hot, but I wouldn't be surprised if he cleans it up on on the ground, though, if Russell Wilson rushes for 60 yards and a score. It's possible. That's definitely possible. And it always is. I don't want to bank on it. But. I'm struggling between in my own leagues. Like, do I play Baker Mayfield over Russell Wilson? I was going to ask you that. I was going to say, do you play Baker? Do you play Josh Allen over Russell Wilson? I would not do Josh Allen. I couldn't live with myself if I did that. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I as much as I as much as Brandon made the point on last show, and I appreciate the effort. I can't do it. But yeah, Baker. I mean, Carolina's allowed 26 passing touchdowns in their last 11 games. So I mean, 
I, I feel like it's a, it's a decent play. I, last week, I know he had a couple picks and stuff, but I, they're going to be at home against Carolina, who, again, their secondary is just not what everybody thought it was. Browns can still make the playoffs, too. Don't don't discount them. They're still in it, and the Jags are actually still in it. They could go 8-8 eight and eight and slip into the playoffs ahead of the Ravens, ahead of the Colts, um, ahead of the Titans. It, it could happen with either of these teams. Crazy. Yeah, the AFC is kind of a crapshoot behind the mm-hmm. Chiefs, Steelers, and Patriots. I right, Chargers, too. Chargers actually might be the best. For sure. Okay, so if you got to go streamer, it is Josh Allen over Marcus Mariota, Ryan Tannehill, Case Keenum. Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah. That would suck so bad to have to play Josh Allen in your fantasy playoffs. But you know what? Crazier things have worked for us. Tags, let's move on over to the tight end position where the top seven is just kind of locked in place. Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, Ebron, Gronk, Jared Cook, David Njoku. That might surprise some people, but against the Panthers, there's no way you're not playing him. So let's go on to uh, 8 through 15 range. Cameron Brait, Jordan Reed, Vance McDonald. Who are you taking? So Cameron Brait, you're sitting. Like, don't play him this week. And I, I we've been a big supporter of Cameron Brait, but the Saints, no, absolutely not. Um, they have yet to allow a tight end more than five receptions or 54 yards. Which is funny because Cameron Brait has never had more than three receptions or 36 yards in, in the game. Yes, that's I had that stat in my primer too. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like this is like we're, I'm glad we're on the same page. But the Saints, they've played against Zach Ertz. They've played against Jordan Reed, O.J. Howard, Austin Hooper twice, David Njoku. So they've had some talented uh, tight ends come to town, and they've just been legit. So Cameron Brait is down at number 12, and I don't even I, – I might move him down from there. I don't like him this week very much. Vance McDonald is uh, – He's a very, 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 very good play. Um, I just don't know. I'm worried about the volume to him uh, because if like if you could guarantee me he was going to see six targets in this game, he'd be a top five tight end play. Top five. Wow. He would be top five against Oakland. Oakland is. You don't think he'll get five, six targets? I mean, it's possible. He does every week almost. I have him as my number 10 tight end. So I, I mean, I happen to think that he's going to see somewhere around four to five targets. And I think that'll be enough against Oakland, who's legit terrible like they are the worst defense against tight ends and that's not just because of what Travis Kelsey did to them last week but speaking of top five tight ends I've got Jordan Reed up there you do yeah he's he's leading tight ends and targets over the past two months with Mark Sanchez oh man you're making me second second guess myself man I mean, so, I mean, I'd rather play Trey Burton. I'm taking the targets. I Okay, you'd rather play Trey Burton than Jordan Reed. I would. I, I feel like the Rams with Tilly back, the, the area of the field you attack is the middle of the field. Uh, they've allowed, I think it's three tight ends to top 20 fantasy points against them. Those tight ends were... Last time he had more than 40 yards was in week seven. Oh, I know. But, well, like, think about this. Like, so Travis Kelsey plays in a very similar role in Andy Reid's system as Trey Burton. Now, Burton hasn't been getting the targets. I'm not going to compare him to Kelsey. Not doing that. Uh, But Jared Cook and George Kittle were the other ones. These are very athletic tight ends that are almost wide receivers. I'm telling you, Chase Daniel is, he did not favor the tight end position. Like, I just don't think he had any room to to like work with Trey Burton. I feel like Mitch Trubisky likes him. I feel like they're very efficient when they do get targets. And knowing in this game that they're probably going to have to throw a little bit because the Rams aren't an offense that they're just going to you know shut down and they're going to be able to run the ball 40 times in the game. But the Rams have allowed a league high 14 yards per reception to tight ends. They've allowed 71 yards per game to them. I just feel like the middle of the field is where they're most susceptible. And uh, Trey Burton, that's the area obviously he works in. So I just I think everything's lining up here for Trey Burton. I have him at number nine, so I'm not saying that he's like a top five play, but I think he has top five upside. I've got him top 12 as well for what it's worth. ECR has Burton outside their top uh, 12. I know a lot of people would say, I'm never starting Trey Burton. I'd rather go with Ian Thomas, who had a good week last week. Guys, don't do that. Play Trey, play Trey Burton. Um, so, Tex, you've got Bray outside your top 12. You've got Burton moved in. 
So who are your uh, 11 and 12 here? Austin Hooper, Kyle Rudolph, CJ Uzama, Jimmy Graham? No, I have Jordan Reed at 11. I have Cameron Braid at 12. Someone that's right outside that range is Dan Arnold. We talked to about him on the that's right the waiver wire list and um, ECR has him at thirty one. Yeah, people haven't woken up to the fact that Ben Watson doesn't play anymore, and because Ben Watson, I think was number eighteen when I went to set my rankings. I'm like, why? And I moved him all the way down to tight end thirty five. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they've played twelve games. Eleven of twelve games have netted a top fifteen tight end. <laughs> Last four weeks, by the way, Watson has four targets. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just He's like, probably going to troll you and score a touchdown here. Probably. That's, that's. I mean, that's just how it works with tight ends. Like, I'm terrible with tight ends. I agree. I love Dan Arnold. I've loved him since the beginning of the year. You can go back and you can read my article about him saying, oh, this guy's going to be a breakout guy. Get him in Dynasty. And uh, it's too late. I missed out on picking him up this week. <laughs> you missed your waiver wires. <laughs> what an idiot, man. <laughs> At least I'm in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I guess my my team was just too good. I didn't need the guys. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, let's move on over from tight end because I agree Dan Arnold is a decent pickup if you're desperate. Um, We'll go with DST and then we'll close out the show with our bold prediction tags. Oh, the bold prediction. I need to work on that one. Um, So I was liking the Cardinals and some people are talking me out of that. They're saying that they're not as good as play as I thought, but I still think that the Cardinals are a decent streamer at home against Stafford uh, with with Patrick Peterson, you know, essentially taking away Kenny Galladay. What does that team have? They're going to run the ball for sure, but I just think they're a high floor option. What was their argument? Because, I mean, we're looking at 38 sacks, Mm -hmm. a Detroit offense that's not impressive. They're missing a lot of players. LeGarrette Blunt is the starting running back. You've got Bruce Ellington in the lineup. Got no tight end to speak of. I think the Cardinals are safe. That's how I felt about it. I felt like they're a high floor. They may not give you a high ceiling because they haven't been a team that's uh, like had many turnovers. Um, But the sacks are there, and that's what you're looking for. Sacks and a team that won't allow a ton of points. And I don't think that Arizona does at home. I also think that the Bills are a great option against the Jets. You know, you have Sam Darnold coming back, who maybe maybe he is, maybe he isn't back to 100. percent But even when he's 100, percent he's thrown 14 interceptions on 289 attempts, and the Bills. They're a defense that's allowed more than 22 points just twice in their last uh, 10 games. So uh, I think the Bills are a, a rock-solid streamer. I've got Bills number three. ECR also has them number three. For what it's worth, one and two are the Titans against the Jags and the Chargers against the Bengals. We've got a couple others here to talk about. Jacksonville, some people drop them. They're a great play against Marcus Murad in Tennessee. Uh, Denver goes up against Nick Mullins. That's a good situation. They've also been crushing the run. And then Pittsburgh against Oakland. I mean, you play anyone against Oakland, but Pittsburgh's been on fire lately. Yeah, that pass rush is going to get after Derek Carr. That's the reason, like, some people are going to probably ask about Ben Roethlisberger on the road and why I like him this week. I mean, I have my QB8, but I want to mention that the reason I, I think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be fine is because obviously the run game is not James Conner, and they're not going to move the ball the way that they did with James Conner or Le'Veon Bell. Um, but the the Raiders' pass rush is a joke, like legit joke. I mean, Nick Mullins destroyed them a couple weeks ago, remember? Yeah, but no, no. So they have a 2.8% sack rate. So I don't know, like, so if people don't, aren't familiar with the numbers and like how bad that is, the next closest team, the worst team closest to them is at 3.8% a full percentage point lower than the, the the next worst team. Like, they're not getting any pressure on the quarterback. That's why it's like, if you allow Antonio Brown to run around, like, the, him and Ben Roethlisberger have a connection, where it's like, if there's if he's scrambling, he's using his hands to, like, he's putting his thumb to the left, to the right, go this way, go that way, and he's willing to throw the ball up to it. They don't have the cornerbacks to take care of Antonio Brown. So I just feel like it's a team that really struggles um, to get to the passer. And if if you give Roethlisberger time, Antonio Brown's just going to go bananas. Okay, Dags, here's an interesting one. So I'm looking at... The number seven ECR team in our rankings. 
I'm looking at number 17, and I'm also looking at number 23 and 24. I want you to guess which one is number 7. Okay, you've got the Ravens, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Cowboys. The Vikings, maybe? It's the Cowboys. The Cowboys against the Eagles are number 7. I'm not buying that. I mean, with that being said... I don't want to play the Ravens against the Chiefs, obviously, and I don't want to play Chicago against the Rams, but I don't mind the Vikings against Seattle. They're number 23 ECR tags. That's kind of crazy. That's crazy low. I haven't done my defensive ones just yet, uh, my rankings just yet, but um, that seems that seems really low. I mean, how, how the Cowboys are at number seven? Cowboys are number seven against the Eagles. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if Jason, I mean, is Jason Peters not going to play if Jason Peters doesn't play? Maybe <laughs> regardless. I mean, I know Dallas has been good this this year, but I mean, let's not pretend that the Eagles have a, a worse offense than the Seahawks or that Dallas is anywhere close to as good as Minnesota. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, are they ahead of the Jags then? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, they're uh, Jacksonville number six, Dallas number seven. Okay, that makes more sense. I was like, 16? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right, rounding out the top 12, Houston, Washington, uh, New York Jets against Buffalo, Seattle against Minnesota. Anyone you don't like from those four? Uh, Not really. Okay. All right, Tags, let's move on over to Bold Prediction, and uh, I'll let you go first. Oh, man, put me on the spot here. I wasn't ready for any of this crap. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to say that, I don't. I think this is bold, uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs do not score 24 points this game against the, the Ravens. Okay, yeah, I, I would definitely think that's bold. I mean, that's six points lower than Vegas has them. I think most people would probably agree. So what is your prediction for the final score? And give us the exact stat line for every player, including offensive linemen. 23 Chiefs, 20 Ravens. Okay. All right. So you do think the Chiefs win that one. Tags, here's mine. Since uh, last year when we did this bold prediction thing, I went with a a game. I'm going to pick a game rather than a fantasy stat, okay? So the Tennessee Titans fighting for their playoff lives. I think they lose at home to Jacksonville. I actually can can see that happening 100%. Um, I actually would probably agree with that hot take. Really? Yep. And I'm going to throw one more out there. because I You love Cody Kessler. Is that what it is? Oh, obviously. I just think Leonard Fournette's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I will say, can I, I'm going to do an over-under one. I'm going to say that the, the Falcons-Green Bay game nets over 55 points. Over 55 points. Right now it's sitting at 49.5. Yep. So that is pretty bold. Yep, I'm taking the over there. Okay. I've got a bold prediction as well. Since you lost our bet and have to uh, eat the pizza that I make for you, I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to start crying afterwards because it is so good. (laughs) I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I I love pizza and I don't want to hate it. All right, Tags, that's all for today's show. And thanks to the sponsors of today's show, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. Check out what they have for you. They've got something for everyone's cave. And thanks also to FanDuel.com where they've got that contest going on. You can win $300,000 this weekend. Entry is $9.99. It's called the Sunday Milling Contest on FanDuel.com. For Mike Daglier, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.